When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, a podcast dedicated to helping you take back control of your mental and physical health. In today's special episode, I am interviewing financial expert Chris Hogan on how we can financially support ourselves during this coronavirus crisis. Chris also shares some great advice and tips on how to manage your money during a crisis, what to do if you've been laid off or forced to close your business, how to navigate the stock market, and how to protect your savings and retirement funds. If you have more questions and concerns regarding this crisis, join our support group on Facebook. The link to join will be in the show notes, and follow me on social media for more tips and stress management techniques. Now, on to today's episode. Chris, so good to talk to you. Thank you for joining me in the studio today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm excited. Chris, you're a financial expert, and in this honestly surreal time that we're in with this pandemic coronavirus that's taken the world by storm and by shock, uh, there's a lot of questions that my listeners are asking me. So what I've done is pull out the financial questions and I've added a few of my own and I couldn't think of a better person to ask than you when it comes to how to manage our finances, especially in this time of, of potential well, recession starting and this economic challenges that we are going through. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. And people are definitely looking for answers right now. So it's an honor to be with you. Oh, they are. And thank you so much. Okay, so I'm going to dive straight in because I have so many fantastic questions from my listeners. And the very first question I have for you, Chris, is what is going on economically right now? And how does this affect all of us, our everyday life? Well, right now we're seeing, um, you know, a pandemic. And this is something that is, is having an effect in, in all our areas of life, uh, socially, financially, emotionally. And so what we're seeing is this this response right now of, of everyday life being kind of changed, uh, being quarantined and being isolated and cut off from, from life as we knew it. And so it's really important for us to really look at this and truly understand what's going on. I tell people all the time, the stock market is a living, breathing thing. Uh, it is a reflection of what's going on in our nation as well as in the world. And so right now, as we see all of this this state of unknown and this state of, of, of concern in the financial sector, people are going to see this and they're going to hear about it in the media. And so what we have to do is just be aware of it, uh, but not become over-consumed. And I think the over-consumed will cause fear to rise too high. Right now, what we can do is be concerned of, of the unknown. But history, if we look back, and we've seen things like this before, from the, the Great Depression, from 9-11, from the housing crisis in 08, SARS in 02 and 03, uh, it will come back. But it's all about what we do in the meantime. 
Mm, that's such a good answer. So what do we do in the meantime? What are some points that you can give us? Well, I think first and foremost, let's control the controllables. And and what I mean by that is if, if I can't control it, I can't worry with it. Um, I can't control the stock market. I can't control the media. I actually can't even control other people's responses. But what mm. I can do is control three things. I think I can control my attitude, my outlook, and my actions. And so I'm encouraging people to stay in control of those three things. And I'll repeat them again, your attitude, your outlook, and your actions. And if I stay in control of those to the best of my ability, what it does is it gives me an opportunity to be in control of my emotional state as well as my financial situation. Okay, so let's dive into the financial situation. One of the first questions we got from our listeners is, is my money safe at banks and would I be able to get it out if needed? Ah, okay. So the whole situation with banks, uh, with the FDIC, which is the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp., all accounts are insured up to $250,000 each. Now, I say each because you might have a checking account there, a savings account. uh, You might have an investment account. Whatever it is, all accounts are insured by the government up to $250,000. And so there's not a concern there. If you've got a dollar amount over that, you might look at moving and opening opening a separate account with the max being $250,000. Uh, can you get it out? Well, yes. Uh, you know, the banking system is still functioning. Uh, this is not a banking problem uh, like we had back in, in 08 and 09. This is this is a, a, a pandemic. This is a virus type situation. So your money is safe uh, and you should be able to get to your funds. Oh, that's really good. Okay. So how will the stock market decline after how will the stock market decline affect my 401k and retirement funds? Well, I tell people, you know, investing in the stock market is a a lot like riding a roller coaster. There are going to be ups and there are going to be downs. Uh, But if you wear your seatbelt, that means have a plan and a long-term vision because we invest for things five years or longer. We save for things three years or less. So if if you're investing in your 401k and 403b and Roth IRAs, you've got a long-term view which means so the roller coaster is going down, but it's also going to come back up. So right now you're going to see things going down. You're going to see a decline, Uh, but we're not going to jump off the roller coaster. I've got my seatbelt on. I've got my long-term plan and I'm going to ride this thing and it's going to come back up. History has shown this time and time again over the last 110 years. It goes down, but it comes back up. Getting out when it's down is where you run the risk of losing money, but also stopping your money from growing. So I'm telling people, leave your money alone, but you do need to sit down with an investment professional and look at how you're invested. Uh, I tell people diversification is absolutely crucial. And diversification is just a $10 word for spreading things around. I don't want to have all my eggs in just one basket. And so if you're someone that's holding a lot of single stocks, you are seeing an extreme amount of volatility right now. And so you do want to have a conversation with your investment professional to figure out what tweaks or changes might need to be made. Mm, That's such brilliant advice. Thank you, Chris. Okay, so what can I, what, and I'm just reading the questions from the listeners. What can I do now to prepare for a recession? Are we even in a recession? 
Well, I think, you know, right now what we're seeing is obviously recession is defined as the decline of things, right, and and kind of a flattening out. And because we're at the front part of this, uh, with this pandemic, we're not really sure if we are in a recession or not, but we do know things are dropping. So what I'm telling people to do is to go into conserve mode. By conserve mode, you know, I'm typically teaching people to attack debt, get debt out of your life. Well, now what we're going to do is kind of downshift a little bit. Uh, you're going to pay minimums on your debt. Uh, you want to make sure you've got a fully funded emergency fund. Uh, and by that meaning, all the expenses it takes for you to live on, you want to make sure that that's sitting aside in a money market account, which is a, a, a savings account that with a better rate of return, every bank has it. But being in conserve mode is a smart thing, which means we're not buying anything that's unnecessary. We're not spending anything that's unnecessary. We're going to kind of protect the money. And this is a, a whole nother mindset that you have to get into because we don't know how long this is going to last. Mm, that's so good. So get into the mindset of you know, a mindset of saving for the basics. Be very conservative. Yes, be very, very conservative. Mm, wow. Okay, with interest rates being cut, what does this mean? Should people take out a loan? Should they take advantage of the situation? Well, anytime you see the Fed cutting rates, what they're trying to do is boost uh, consumer spending. Um, mm. When people go to stores and buy stuff, this generates revenue for the economy. Um, so this is we, we see this with mortgage rates. Uh, we see this with regular interest rates. Um, I tell people debt is a threat because debt not only charges you, uh, it charges you a penalty for using their money, and that's called interest. So mm -hmm. I'm advising people, no, we're not looking to go bring more threats into an already threatening situation. We want to have calm and peace and clarity. Debt does not bring any of that. Debt brings chaos, frustration, and irritation. So no, this is not a time that you're going to reach out to try to take on more debt. We want to be smart with where you are and conserve. Mm, that's so interesting. Okay. Be smart with where you are and conserve. Very, very powerful, Chris. So uh, what about all the small business owners that are having to close temporarily? I mean, just think of the restaurants and just the service industry. What should they do to offset profit and loss? Well, I think, you know, you know, my heart goes out to small businesses because this is the backbone of our economy. It's the backbone of our country. And, uh, you know, I think the most important thing for small business owners to do uh, is to conserve revenue. Uh, that means to be very, very smart about what they're spending. Uh, they might even look at, at extending payables. Uh, you know, those are the things, the bills that come in that they have to mm -hmm. pay. You might communicate with your your, your creditor or that, that, that vendor, and you might have to extend paying that 30, 60, or 90 days. Uh, that's typical in the business world, but some business owners try to pay it quick. But you may have to extend that so you're holding on to some cash. Mm -hmm. But I would also say this. I want you to communicate. It's really important to communicate to your team uh, and let them know exactly what's going on and what the response is. You see, people are fearful of the unknown. And mm. when we don't know, we're left to our own devices. We're left to our own mindset. And that's where negatives can start to creep up. And things can actually get more scary than the reality is. And so it's important for small business owners to communicate to their team members, communicate to their vendors, and be smart. But I would also tell the small business owners this. Do not remain alone. 
And what I mean by that is it's very important for you to get around other small business owners, get around people that are being positive, that are looking at this, so you're not isolated. Isolation is dangerous. Um, and, and so it's important for us to be able to reach out to communicate when we're scared, when we have anxiety, uh, when we're feeling hopeless, to talk to someone that can start to relate with us and give us a safe place to communicate. That's great. And they also might have some ideas that they've come up with that you could learn from. That's exactly right, Caroline. And that that mm-hmm. spirit of collaboration is huge as well. And so, again, it just reminds us that we're not alone. We're built and designed for community. And exactly. so I want those business owners to reach out and to be able to talk to someone and just so they're not alone. Wow, that's really good. I mean, there's some businesses that have, have, have done massive investments, small businesses, to change the way that they're growing. And didn't anticipate this, who who could have anticipated this? And so they may be in a position where they've actually extended themselves with loans and things as an investment into their business. What about those kind of situations where they're already in a loan situation, took maybe their savings, invested it into the business to grow, and it was great with the economy being um, as it was, but now with this potential recession – well, what, do you, what advice could you give someone like that in a small business? Well, in that situation, and believe it or not, in my prior life, I was a collector early on in my financial career. And so I would call people to collect. And so um, I tell people that, you know, if you're dealing with a creditor or you've got a loan and you don't have the money, you can do this one thing, and that is you can communicate Um, You may not be able to pay money, but you can pay attention to the situation. So we're not going to leave it out there. We're not going to just ignore it and act like it's going to go away. I want you to pick up the phone, contact the the vendor or creditor that you owe, talk with them about the situation, document who you spoke with, the date and time of the call. uh, So you have a running record of, yes, I was communicating and let them know what you can afford to pay. Uh, It may be less than the minimum payment, but I'm going to tell you this, paying something is better than paying nothing. And the minimum payment might be 500 a month on that business loan. And you may be only able to send 150. You let them know you're sending it in. But I want to let let people know this. When you're dealing with a, a collector, don't look for them to be okay with you paying less than what's owed. Don't look for their approval. They're not going to like it. And you're not, you're not worried about if they like it or not. Uh, as Mama Hogan used to tell me growing up, she'd say, uh, Christopher, and I knew when she used that, she was really getting ready to tell me something. She'd say, I'm not debating, I'm stating. I love and, that. And, and not debating means this is not a going back and forth. I'm stating. And I want small business owners, if they owe on a loan, to contact the creditor and state, I can afford to pay you $150 on the 30th of the month. The creditor's not going to like it. They're going to hip and haw and yim and yaw and do a lot of yelling and screaming. It's okay. I want you to remain clear because we don't want to waste emotional energy on a financial stressful situation. You let them know what you can afford to pay. You let them know the date. And you say, hey, I'm going to call you next week and I'm going to stay in touch with you weekly, but I'm going to let you know what I can afford to do. And having that mindset just changes the whole, I don't want small business owners to be fearful. I want them to be clear on what they can afford to do and clear on the steps to take. That's such good advice because I know that that is a concern for so many people across the United States at the moment. And I, you know that that gives you a level of control, doesn't it? Because Chris, you, you, you've said quite a few times about the uncertainty and you know that's a huge thing that gives humans all of us so much anxiety is the uncertainty. So when you say to, you can you know, tell the 
tell the creditor, this is what I can do. Take you, You're taking control. You're taking a level of that uncertainty yes. away, aren't you? You really are. And I'm going to tell you something. You know, I've talked with people and I've been in situations in, in previous years where you don't have it and you owe the money. Uh, the stress that can, that can happen inside of you, it can impact relationships. Uh, it can make you lose sleep. It can steal your joy. And so being proactive, reaching out, communicating with that creditor, I'm going to tell you something. People have told me time and time again, it wasn't as bad as I thought, right? When they Uh, finally picked up the phone and contacted the creditor, no, the creditor didn't like it. But guess what? The person on the other end of the phone, they're not evil. They're just doing a job. mm. And I would much rather you call them on your terms as opposed to waiting on them to contact you. It just takes being proactive and it puts us in control of what we can control. I love that. So it's contact, it's communicated state, and it's you call them rather than them call you, and it's document. Yes. Document everything. Brilliant, brilliant advice. Thank you. Okay, so how can I still support my local businesses but also be wise with money? Well, local businesses are important. Like I said, small business is the backbone of our economy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's fantastic to be able to support small business. But we're only going to do that in in the form of necessities. Mm -hmm. Um, Food is a necessity. Uh, So you have an opportunity. People aren't eating in restaurants, but you have a great opportunity to buy some gift cards, order takeout, and go and pick it up. Uh, you're still exactly. able to tip your your, your server uh, and support that local restaurant. But again, we're doing this for necessities. Uh, and so we have to be wise in how we do that. And I think, you know, if everyone's doing that once, twice a week, uh, that's that's a great support to the local businesses that you care about. Definitely. And there's a lot of great advice about um, when the delivery is received to take things out of cardboard boxes just because of the spread of the virus and mm. transfer it over to, into other containers and wash your hands and, you know, throw all the packaging away. You know, there's simple things like that, but that's such good advice, you know, just to once or twice a week, then at least those people are getting some income as well. That's right. That's exactly Absolutely. right. That's wonderful. Okay, so what about the people that have been laid off work due to the situation? We've had quite a few listeners that have sent Mm. that question in. What would you advise that they do to manage their finances wisely? Well, I think first and foremost, if you've been laid out, uh, laid off, uh, uh, you know, my heart goes out to you. Um, mm-hmm. to, to have that happen in the midst of all this uncertainty uh, is heartbreaking and frustrating. Uh, but this will pass. And I want them to hear mm-hmm. that because a lot of times we can get so busy being tactical, we can forget to, to comfort people and to just understand. And so uh, my heart goes out mm-hmm. to them that you've had to deal with this, but you will get through it. And the way to get through it is you're going to conserve the money that you have or any funds. I mean, we're we're stopping eating out. Uh, we're only eating food that's inside. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to be really clear about the things that, we, that we're going to have to pay. And by that, I mean, we, I, I teach people the four walls are necessity. The four walls are your housing, and that means mm-hmm. your, your rent, your mortgage, or your utilities. It's your food, it's your clothing, and it's your transportation. We have to keep gas in the car. So those four things, housing, food, 
clothing, transportation. Now, by clothing, I mean you got to have clothes on your back. We're not going shopping, right? We're not buying anything new right now. Uh, we're conserving funds. And the next thing is, is I'm going to, if I have debt that I owe, we're going to go back to like we were just talking about in the small business situation. Uh, I may not have the money to be able to pay the minimum on that credit card. I may not have the money to pay, but I can pay attention. So I'm going to make a list of my debt. I'm going to put the phone number as well as the account number on a sheet of paper. And I'm going to take, sit down and I'm going to call each of these creditors and let them know that I don't have the money or I can afford to send you $10 this month. I've been laid off of my job and I'm actively seeking gainful employment. And you're going to call them all. And you're going to take notes of who you spoke with, the context of the call, and the next action step. Then I want you to get off the phone and I want you to reach out to friends and family that you know, and you're going to try to find anybody that's hiring. Uh, when you've been laid off, you, there's something in our psyche that happens. But when we start making money, and that making money might be delivering pizzas, it might be babysitting, it might be raking leaves, it doesn't matter. You need to get money coming in for the household. And then once you do that, you can start to look for the next job, the things that you want. So having some money coming in is better than nothing. So find whatever job that you can, odds and ends, look for things to sell if you can to get money coming in. Brilliant. Okay. Where can people reach you? And I've got a few more questions after that, but I just want to put this question in now and we'll put all the details in our show notes is where can people reach you if they have more questions and concerns regarding their finances and the economy during this time? Well, they can reach me. I'm on all the social media platforms at Chris Hogan 360. Uh, they can also go to my website, chrishogan360.com. Uh, I've got a lot of information on there uh, and financial guidance. And uh, I've also got the Chris Hogan show uh, where people are calling in with questions and they can find that on Google and any other place that you find podcasts. Uh, but uh, um, on, excuse me, you can find it on uh, iTunes or any other place that people have yeah. found a podcast. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's important for people to reach out and to get positive information and write the right guidance. And uh, this, these times are uncertain. But if we go back and we focus on the three things we can control, our attitude, our outlook, and our actions, the things we can get through this, we just have to remain clear. Very good. That's fantastic. And we'll have that in the show notes. Chris, a couple more questions. How do you respond to market volatility? Well, with market volatility, I, I respond by thinking of it as the roller coaster ride. Um, and, you know, I know it's going to go up and down, uh, but it all really boils down to my risk tolerance. You see, volatility is the market, and we can't control that. But our risk tolerance, how much risk we're willing to take, mm. is something that we all determine ourselves. And so in understanding it, that, that when I invest, again, that's five years or longer. And so I'm not someone, I'm not opening up my investments every day and looking at it. Uh, and I'm in this game. Uh, I know it's long term. And I know right now it's going to go down. I open it up, I glance at it, and I set it down. Why? Because I know it's coming back. And realistically, as I teach people in an advanced investing way, when the market is down and I'm investing consistently, I teach people to invest 15% of your income month in and month out. If I'm investing consistently, I'm actually getting things when they're on sale. Think about that. 
The market mm. is down, the price is down, but if I'm investing consistently, that means I'm grabbing things while they're at a lower price. Well, guess mm. what? When the market comes back, now I'm re I'm now reaping the return. That's the growth between when I bought it and now where it sits. So I just ride out volatility. I look at it. It's a roller coaster ride with a long-term view. Very good. So it's actually been that consistent 15% helps you to kind of flatline the volatility. Yes, ma'am, it does, without a doubt. Okay. okay, fantastic. Okay, this some of these next questions are quite specific, but you've sort of answered them, but let's quickly run through them again. Almost done. Should I try to get more cash holdings? Well, I think it's important to be able to have an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses. Um, and so, I, you know, that, that will give you cushion between you and life, uh, you know, and, and so that's clear by months. selling. Three to six months of expenses uh, is the way to go. Perfect. Okay. So how can I support others in these times? This is um, another um, another question from one of the listeners. For example, you've mentioned already patronizing local businesses, helping family and friends. Do you have any more tips besides what you already said? Well, I think, you know, keeping your ear to the ground and checking in on the people that you care about the most uh, is also vital. And, you know, you may be in a situation financially where you can bring a meal to someone that may be in need, um, or you can go and lend a hand to someone, um, you know, with school closings uh, and things of that nature. You have kids, young kids that are home. You may be able to watch someone's children while they go to work to be able to bring in money for the household. So I think it's important to stay connected to the people that we care about the most, uh, keep your ears open, and look for ways to be able to be of service. Uh, those are all great ways to help people. Absolutely. And I think, Chris, as well, when people do have an excess of cash and they know someone's short, is to be very generous in this time of need um, to help each other, to reach out and help each other in those basic ways as well, and to be aware of it, would you, I'm sure you'd agree. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. I think, you know, the greatest thing you can ever do with money is give. And mm -hmm. so looking for those opportunities. But I would also say this, giving just doesn't have to be from a financial standpoint. Exactly. It might be with your time or your talent. Um, and mm -hmm. so we got ways that we can give. We just need to look for those opportunities and then really plug in to help. Exactly. Sometimes someone may have a great idea that they could actually make money from, but they don't know how to operationalize it. But you have that skill. Yeah, it's Sitting down with them and helping them translate that idea into an actual financial gain. That is very so, true. Yeah. And then one more question here. What Should I refinance my mortgage? Well, right now, mortgage rates are, are extremely low. Uh, they're hovering in two and three quarters and, and low threes. And so if you've been in a home three years or longer, uh, odds are that you could definitely improve your interest rate. I tell people if you can improve your rate by 1% or more, it is something definitely to look into. Um, I would reach out to your existing lender, uh, talk with them about getting a faith estimate, uh, a loan estimate, excuse me, and, and, and they can kind of show you what the cost would be for that. Uh, I'm tell I advise people to go to a 15-year fixed rate mortgage, uh, but rates are low. This is an opportunity to, to take a look at that very seriously. Even if it's for a temporary time and you can always change again in a year's time or whatever the case may be, is that correct? So if you refinance now, you could look at things again when things are you, up. You could, uh, but right now, as rates are as low as they are, uh, this will be a time that if you refinance, you get in there, you're, you're going to want to stay put. 
Okay, you're going to want yeah, to stay put. Yeah, so that's a, a that's a really good because some people that may be the only option to get those three to six months of savings. Right. Well, so I'm thinking and, of a small business owner and people that have invested their funds and savings into a business or something. Yeah, but but on a mortgage, Anna, let me emphasize this because there's all different types of loans out there. I'm talking about a fixed rate mortgage. Uh, so you want to ad- avoid adjustable rates and anything like that, like the plague. Uh, mm. You only want a fixed rate mortgage because that way it gives you consistency. You know exactly what your payment's going to be and it's never going to change. That's such such good advice, Chris, because I think people will take the low one thinking, okay, well, hopefully yes. we'll stay here. That's right. And then it hits you, comes back to bite you. It does. And those adjustable rate mortgages, they're called ARMS. Uh, those adjustable rate mortgages have caused more heartache and headache for people uh, because they're, they're, they're fixed rate for five to seven years, but then they adjust. And we all know when they adjust what that means. They're adjusting up, which means your payment goes up a whole lot, and you end up having to refinance and start over. So avoid adjustable rate mortgages only go with fixed rate mortgages that's fantastic advice and last question what kind of financial sorry what kind of financial professional should i trust well i think whenever you it it is whenever you it comes to working with someone about your money uh with me i look at it that i'm working with them about my dreams and goals for the future and so i want to make sure that i'm working with someone that has the heart of a teacher And what I mean by that is this is someone that's not looking to sell me stuff. They're looking to help me get to to my destination. And so Mm. it's a different spirit. Uh, They don't don't have the heart of a salesperson. A salesperson is just trying to get you to make a sale. But uh, someone with the heart of a teacher is trying to teach you so you can learn, so you can grow. And so I always look for people with the heart of a teacher. Um, For example, if someone's out there and they've got some investments and they're not sure where to turn, uh, I have vetted a group of them. Uh, all around the country, and and they're going to teach you and guide you the way that I teach. Uh, You can go to my website, chrishogan360.com, click on the Dream Team button, and you'll be able to locate a SmartVestor Pro. Uh, These are people, they're not looking to sell you. They will review what you have, talk with you, answer your questions, and help you get to where you're going. Oh, Chris, that's wonderful advice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to just help my listeners. I've learned so much. And, you know, this is such an important basic need that we need to address. So thank you for your time and your wisdom. Well, thank you, Dr. Leaf. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And I look forward to having another conversation with you soon. I do. I do, too. It's always a pleasure. Thank Thank you you, so much, Chris. Wonderful. Thank Thank you. you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf.
This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.